the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get to it. It's Friday. Woo-hoo. I love Fridays. You know why? Because Saturday comes after. And uh, I don't have to get up at 345 in the morning. It makes me feel better when it's like that. Jimmy Cavins coming in, and he thought we had some different guests that were going to be here today. I got called by him late last night, and everybody's sick. The flu is going around, man. It's, it is making the rounds right now. I'm looking. I'm looking over Jimmy. Jimmy's not used to being up this time. Oh no, no! I get up early. I get up early and stuff. And uh, I've hit that age where, you know, uh, getting up at 4 a.m. is just where it's at. No, that. I don't think that's ever going to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> I got to tell you, it, I get up, but it's not that I want to get up. Yeah, I get I up because I do get up. <laughs> I get that. All right. Uh, let's start off today quickly by. Remembering the sergeant who died uh, Thursday morning. I guess he was shot Wednesday night. He died uh, Thursday morning. Other people were shot in this chase that went down, down by Stuttgart. Uh, I've got uh, THV's uh, website up and says, Police have confirmed officer in Stuttgart has died following a fatal overnight shooting that also left an Arkansas State trooper injured. And the suspect uh, dead. This uh, all went uh, down uh, after a, a, a chase, and I'm I'm kind of I'm not following where the chase started at. I'm thinking it started off maybe at one of the prisons. Is what I'm kind of getting. Is that what you're I, I'm, reading I'm, between the lines on I'm, this? Yeah, kind of. And in, in, uh, it's it's something that I'm going to start digging into to find the to actually get the actual particulars to it. Uh, but when when officers get in those those type of situations on a pursuit. You just don't know what's going to happen, and that's no, what they don't. face every day. Yeah. After shooting the officer, Barnes entered a nearby building, took a person hostage. It was a female. Uh, the Arkansas State Police provided backup to Stuttgart Police with Barnes, who is uh, the, the shooter in this case, firing at officers, injured a trooper from Arkansas State Police. Uh, the woman held hostage was rescued around 7 in the morning yesterday. Uh, Barnes and police then shot at each other where Barnes was fatally wounded. Uh, the injured trooper was taken to the hospital. He's described now as having non-life-threatening incidents, uh, uh, injuries. Following the incident, the Arkansas Department of Corrections posted their regards to the family of Sergeant Donald uh, Scobie, uh, the Stuttgart officer that was fatally shot during the pursuit. He was a four-year veteran of the police force. Uh, Quote, uh, Donald was a dedicated officer, fierce advocate for his community, and a dear personal friend. His love for Stuttgart, his brothers and sisters on the force, 
and his family and friends will endure and outlast this grief, said the mayor. Community members in Stuttgart as well as many officials have been reacting uh, because of this. And then a little further down, let me see if I can give you this. Uh, Leslie Rutledge sent her regards. Uh, the sheriff sent his regards. Uh, visitation for Sheriff uh, or Sergeant Scobie will be on Sunday from 5 uh, to 7 p.m. at the Turpin Funeral Home. And the funeral will be at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon coming up on Monday at the Grand Prairie Center in Stuttgart. So if you're a person who's a citizen there, uh, you should be attending. You know, the full disclosure, <clears throat> you know, I have two sons, and one is a firefighter and one is a police officer. And when when I get this news and my wife gets this news, it really just gives me a, a sick, sick at my stomach feeling because uh, we realize that that could very easily be our son. Right. And and when families of first responders uh, hear this news and stuff, it's just devastating to them. It's just devastating to them because these brave men and women go out and they do this for very little pay. And I'm actually going to find out what the patrol officers pay is in Stuttgart. Just recently, there was a deal in the town of England, and so I got the pay for that. And uh, How much is the pay for an 15, England office? $15.15 an hour. That's that's very... Now, is that a sheriff or a police officer? That's a city police officer. Okay. But I can tell you that these the deputies in counties make that or less. Okay, I... Let me say something here, because this is something that always chaffs my thighs when they come up at times to balance their budgets or whatever, and uh, these mayors are st- forward, and they'll say something like, um, we need more money for the police force. No, you don't need more money for the police force. Here's what you need to do, just like I do at my house. You figure out how much you think your police officers are worth. You figure out how much you think your firefighters are worth. And you tell the people of your community that's how much we're going to pay our officers or whatever. And, of course, city council is going to have to be put into that. But as a as a sheriff or a, or a police chief, you should have the gonads to stand up in front of the people who run your town or your or your county or whatever and say, hey, look, you're not paying these people enough. This is what I'm saying we need. And uh, when we get to the end of the budgeting process, we're going to run out of money somewhere, figure out how to uh, get money for those other programs that probably are not as important. In fact, I will will guarantee you that they're not as important as the protection of your police force, your fire department, your EMTs, and all the people that are there to do what government is supposed to do, and that is to protect its citizenry. I, I agree 100%, and I think you're right. It doesn't just go to the... The mayor and the city councils, it goes to the citizens to get behind They're the it. ones, yeah. They're the ones that have to make the decision sure. on this. I, yeah, I think if I live in a community in that if 
and I know times are tough, but on sales tax in cities, you know, I think that that it's up to citizens to say, hey, I'm going to pay a few more pennies on the dollar, so to speak, so that we can pay these people uh, what they deserve to get paid. But here's the key. They can be paid. Sure. That's where you start your budget at. Pay them and then work down the line. And I'll bet you there's a whole lot of other things that don't deserve the money that they're getting. I, I, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. And that's where citizen involvement has to come in. Yep, they got to understand. they got to listen to what their elected officials are. Are they gaslighting you? Probably. Well, I think... And I think we're I think we're all guilty of it that that we take for granted uh, our our EMTs, our paramedics, our firefighters, and our police officers. We take them for granted, and we really don't think about them until this happens. Yeah. Or until or until some liberal media outlet demonizes them, right? The only time the only time that's that they're on our minds is is those times, and we don't think about them in between. You only really think about them when you need them and if you don't need them they're not in your mind at all and that's got to change in a sense because I, you know when you talk about pay i'll give you an example the plastic county quorum court a couple of years ago it was just embarrassing to hear them in a deal because the uh, sheriff higgins for all his faults he went he was trying to get a raise for his deputies and the Plaza County Corn Court was just indignant to him. Matter of fact, they they looked at him like he had ten heads. That why would you bring this to us? To one Corn Court member even told him, said, "Well, look, if they don't like it, they can go apply at Little Rock." And I'm going, really? I mean, I I mean, these are the men and women that that that's elected officials not doing their job. No, because I, I, so many times I try to explain to people when they say well police officers get down on them or they or, or these officials don't want to pay them what they're worth i'm going to, you know, you you don't understand that these men and women will literally cover your body with theirs to take bullets and they will die for you and they don't even know your name and you won't and you won't even entertain Getting these people a little more money? Well, it's not to, it's it's not the citizens mostly. It's the elected officials, and if you're a citizen of a county that has people like this that you're talking about, those are people need to be removed by somebody else to put on the quorum court. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly, and that's where citizens come in. Is they have to reach out to these people and say, "Look, that's that's not okay." You know, that's why you always hear me. Uh, get irritated with a, a mayor or uh, you know a, a, a county judge or whatever saying we need x amount of dollars raised in taxes so that we can pay our police and go out and be you know able to pay our people enough that they want to they want to work here no you don't have to raise taxes for that you have the tax money there already budget it to those people then get down to the end where you're starting to get thin on funds and then convince the citizens that you need a tax increase to pay for quote a new park or something I agree, and we'll take Officer Scobie for 
for example, you know, I I can uh, I can pretty much guarantee you that he didn't get into law enforcement or take that job at Stuttgart because he thought, man, this is great money. Yeah, I'm going to make a, a killing at this. Yeah. No, he he went out. These officers go out there for the right reason. Yeah. When when you're in these towns and in Stuttgart's a little bigger, so they may have more than one officer on duty at night. But when you go into these small towns like England, in things at, at night, you know, t- till morning, you generally have one officer on duty. Just so I haven't had two in Stuttgart. Yeah, and and Stuttgart's a little bigger than England. And but 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 think about that. That even you've got Stuttgart and you've got two officers on duty yep. at night. That's it. How many square miles is that? It's it's enough. I mean, yeah. you know, I I remember when my son got into law enforcement. You know, his uh, his first job was in England, the city of England, which. Um, and that's what kind of got me interested in what happened a couple of weeks ago in England, and and I can remember me and my wife uh, staying a nervous wreck because he was that he was that officer. He worked the night because he was the the new officer. He was a young guy, and he was by himself. And there were so many situations that he got into that that you heard about that nobody else exactly did. that that there's no backup literally that backups more than 20 minutes away you've got to get somebody out of bed uh the sheriff's department they said well the sheriff's department will back up small city well yeah they will but you don't realize that the sheriff's department has very few people on duty and they've got to cover the whole county yeah i i forget down in saline county how many square miles that each of the deputies have to cover it is an inordinate amount i went out a couple years ago and wrote several nights with them and it was amazing to me how much um, area they had to cover, and in these and, and what they have to do when they go to a call, you know, they may go to a situation, let's say a domestic out in the county somewhere, and there's a family of four, and it's a volatile situation, and everybody's fighting, mm-hmm. and it's and it's become violent, and you don't know what you're walking into, yeah, and you're the only one, and so you're by yourself trying to. Get this fight stopped and everything, and, and trying to protect yourself at the same time. That's a spooky situation. Well, yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah. It really is. It's a very dangerous situation, and uh, as you said, they're not being paid, um, you know, king's ransom to do the job that they're doing. We're going to come back and talk more about this. Uh, it's a local problem that has to be dealt with by local officials. And uh, we're going to be joined by Chris Corbett as well. He's going to come in here and join us and uh, and Jimmy. And we're going to talk further about this here on the uh, D- Dave Ellswick show. But our, uh, you know, our condolences to this officer and his family on his death uh, that uh, that he gave to protect this community. So Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about PI Roofing, PI Roofing Home Solutions. Where now it's not just about roofs; it's also about other things that you have to get done around the house. You know, maybe you had a leak in the the roof, and it destroyed one of the walls that uh, are inside your house. You know, the leak ran down between the drywall. Uh, and you need to get that all replaced. Well, who does that for you? 
you know, it's not going to be one of the big construction firms. They they want, you know, a, a job that is worth their time is what they'll tell you. Uh, well, PI Roofing does it now. So you can get it all done just through them. They'll take care of your roof, fix, patch up the hole and, and make the, the leak stop, but they'll also take care of the damage as well. How do you get a hold of them to do that? Just give them a call like you would if you were getting your uh, roof uh, fixed, 501-707-3115, or visit them online, piroofing.com. It was a murderous day yesterday coming in on 67 southbound. How Do we even know how many cars got involved in that? Tussle. I believe I saw there were two cars involved in that wreck. Two cars, and yes. it took them that long to clear it out? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm not sure what was going on. Ah, that's that good. And of, course, of course, we got to remember now, if it happened in Jacksonville, they've yet to make that three lanes. You know, it's six, it's six lanes it everywhere you, else. You, yeah, pinches it down. It's yeah, like you're going you're along, and all of a sudden, it's like a clogged artery. That's right. I mean, it's just you're, you're going to look in the problems right there. So they've got to figure that one out. They've got to get it done. Uh, I don't know There's when that's history on that, Dave. Well, when is that supposed to start? Well, you know, the 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 four lane highway I forty from Little Rock to Conway, they're going to expand it to six lanes, right? Right. And the judge ruled, and I think it was the '90s, that it was white flight. So expanding the that's right six lane highway was racist. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Yeah, that's what happened. So we got to make sure we don't upset any of these woke folks. Well, let me just say that, that that's the truth. You, you <laughs> now here's the key: you don't have you know white flight unless you got people killing each other. You're right, Dave. And that's what's happening just now yeah. here in in the city of Little Rock. I'm sure they've got white flight going on in Little Rock right now. Well, I I, I think you just want flight at Little Rock, right? Yeah, and, well, and, and everybody's I, trying to get safe. Why? Why and they're would, keeping their head sure. down while they're moving? There, there are big parts of this city that you know people are still here because they don't have a choice. That's exactly right. It's not like they want to be here, right? And kind of like we were talking about the schools yesterday. It's not that they're excited about their kids going to these yeah. schools. What choice do they have? Yeah, boy, you're preaching to the choir. My yeah. my my mother's been in the Little Rock School District for 40 years. You know, they just built this hundred million dollar Southwest High School out there, and it just got an F. It got an F. We were talking about this yesterday, weren't we, Dave? And, yeah, and return on investment. Return on investment about. for your property taxes. It. Uh, uh, Southwest, I, you're right, and, and it was supposed to be the. I mean, that was going to be the the flagship, right? Premier, yeah. In in the first football game they had, what? How many fights did they have? Oh man, I mean, they had there's, to shut there's it down. fights out there so much. Uh, it, yeah, I've got some clients that are teachers out there. It's it's rough, man. Well, people, the the stadium's beautiful. Okay, and we were talking oh, about that nice. yesterday about where the money's going yeah. to go. Does it go to education today? But I thought, you know. The, I thought the stadium was beautiful, but people are not going there to watch the Southwest High School football team. They're going there to watch WWE. Well, they're going maybe, to watch I the fight. Maybe they had an amateur boxing club out there. Yeah, that's that's what they're going to see. I mean, that might help. Yeah, you know um, uh, the statistics are out there where if, if you're not teaching these folks how to read, teaching these youngins, these young, I'm talking about under 18, 50 percent don't have a reading proficiency. 
In uh, North Little Rock, it's over 70. 75.2%. Okay, that is that is what they call a pipeline to prison. Yes, it is. And that has got to change. And it's not the teachers. The teachers are compassionate. No. It's the administration. I put it right on the square on the heads of the administration. But, the, but the, wait, wait, Chris. <laughs> About 10 years ago, the administration told us if – they raised the property taxes in North Little Rock, mm-hmm. and they got all this extra money that they needed yeah. that they could build these fantastic facilities, and we would see nothing but glorious things happen. Yeah. Guess what? We got the – go ahead. You got I'm the a, data. Tell, you yeah, got I the data. Yeah, Chris, what we were talking about yesterday. Man, yeah. I'm sorry. I missed it. And uh, Because I'm going to get more in-depth in this after the first year. Okay. Well, this you hold on. I just start off. You hold on. We, we're coming up on sure. news. So with news coming up, let's uh, wait for a moment and catch up on it here in in, uh, in just a moment. i got to get my clock up here so I can see it good. There it is. We've got about 30 seconds to news. So when we come back. We're going to, if you didn't hear this yesterday, we're going to give it to you again. You're going to to keep hearing it. We're going to beat this drum until somebody hears it, all right? Yeah, well, you're being told things. You're being gaslit. It ain't how good the buildings look. It's how much money that you're spending so that the students get taught. All right, so when we left you, we were talking about return on investment, ROI. If you're a businessman, you know immediately uh, what I'm talking about. Now, if you raise, uh, you know, the taxes on your property in the school district, the people who are paying those taxes are going to want a return on their investment. Isn't that the way you want, Chris? You want return Absolutely. on it? All right. If I'm going to have to pay an extra $40 a year, you know, multiply that by everybody else that's paying that extra $40 or more uh, a year, then something good should come out of that. Well, about a decade ago, I'm going to I'm, – now, I'm, I'm just guessing that it was a decade ago, but I remember it was a big deal – North Little Rock went to the people of that school district and said, we need to raise the taxes on property. Now, the reason we need to do it is because our school is falling apart. I remember. I remember this like it was yesterday. And so I I kept saying, don't vote for it. Don't vote for it. You know, unless they can promise you that what is first of all what is the number one issue a school system is supposed to do teach your children right educate that's right educate the kids so okay we're going to be able to educate your kids better because we're going to make all of the you know the chemistry labs look really nice the football field's going to look really nice the, the way the, the school buses go around the school and come in front of the school to pick up and drop off the students, it's going to be safe and really nice. All that's going to happen. But they never say, and we'll teach your children better. And No, they never say that. No, they never say that, and here is the problem. So 
Tell us about North Little Rock. I'm, I'm excited to go over this again, especially with Chris here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, I, to talk about North Little Rock, I got to give you I got to give you some comparisons mm-hmm. of schools. So so uh, North Little Rock last school year had uh, right at 7,700 students. So I have to compare that apples to apples, right? Cabot in Central Arkansas had 10,200. Bryant 9,300. Conway 9,800. So those are the most similar, right? Wow, yeah. Okay. So let's start with let's start with Conway. Okay. They uh, of the four, they have the lowest millage rate, which is 38.10. The grades came out. Uh, the grades came out from the AD just not long ago uh-huh. for each school. So they had one school that had an A, five schools that had a B, seven schools with C's, one school with a D. Okay, you're going, oh, okay, you know, average, right? But here's the deal. The kids that uh, are, are reading proficient district-wide mm-hmm. uh, that are not reading proficient, okay, reading ready, are not reading ready, 53.4% of the um, of the students at Conway are not reading ready. Over That's a failure. Oh, That's a failure. Okay. Bryant, their millage is 408 uh, they had two schools with A's, seven with B's, three with C's. Kids not at reading level, 53.5% over half. That's a failure. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, but just about the same as the school you just mentioned before. Right. And that's that's where it parents. So then we go to Cabot, right? Their millage is 39.5. They had one school with A, 11 schools with a B, three schools with C's. They're a little bit better, but they're still. That's nothing to write home about. Right. Kids not reading at uh, reading level fifty three point nine percent. So we, now we've got those three schools in Central Arkansas, similar size, and you've got all three of them. Fifty three percent of their kids can't read at reading level. Mm-hmm. Absolute failure, right? Okay. Now let's go to North Little Rock. Check this out. Oh, and, no. uh, because I was one of those people that, oh, no. that lived in North Little Rock uh-huh. okay, at that time. And I didn't want that tax to go through. The but millage they, rate is how much? Millage rate is the highest millage rate in the state of, of the top ten schools, in which North Little Rock's the smallest of those. <clears throat> the millage rate is the highest at 48.30. Okay. okay. Now, you compare that. That's uh, that's eight. That's eight points higher than the nearest one, which is Bryant. Okay, get this: they didn't have any schools with an A. They had one school with a B, one school with a C. Six schools had D's. Wow. Four schools had F's. Man, now here's the kicker. Here's the reading level. Reading level. Seventy-five point two percent of students at North Little Rock School District are not reading at grade level. That's that's. And you're spending the most money. Yeah, and you've to got get the highest the millage. In, that's you, an abomination. Yeah, and, and you mean, don't just, even have to be the school. Yeah, I, I was unaware. I thought it was half. Yep. It was up to seventy-five percent. So three quarters. Man. That means three quarters of your kids don't. Read at the level they should read, and this, this goes this goes back into where the money spent on the millage, right? Yeah. So they wanted all these sharp buildings, and I remember that school board they promised so much better education, but they really got into the design of the buildings yeah. and what we're going to do here, and it's going to be first rate. And and I'm a 
I'm a sports guy. Okay, yeah, I played yeah. sports. I mean, I still dream about. I still dream at night about playing football. Nice, okay, nice. All right. And so they build a nice athletic facilities, beautiful stadium, mm-hmm. beautiful field, jumbotron, weight room, uh, athletic center overlooking the field. Oh yeah, with the glass weight room, and I love the weight rooms. Okay, this is North Little Rock. Yeah, I mean, right. the same way as Southwest High School. Yeah, I see, went to visit. Yeah. See, this is not U of A though. Right, yeah. it's not University <laughs> of Arkansas. It's a high school. And so they built all that. Okay, they've got a basketball arena that. The only better one in the state of Arkansas is at the U of A. Nice. And, I mean, their basketball facility is phenomenal. Uh-huh. Okay? That's and, what happens when you're state champion. But, well, <laughs> but nobody's learning. Definitely, yeah. Got beautiful buildings, beautiful yeah, facilities. Kind of like a Southwest, right? Yeah. I can't wait. To, matter of fact, today I'm going to do it since you brought up Southwest. I'm going to go research all their reading proficiencies mm-hmm. and their scores, and we'll compare that to the money that the Little Rock School District got the taxpayers to yeah. put in to build that place. Right. And Man, we'll see what, how much learning is going on over there. You know, from the Lakeview case, the numbers on the Lakeview case from the early 80s, there's an extra billion dollars that went into Pulaski County that was sucked out of the other 74 counties mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the state of Arkansas. And what do we have to show for it? Nothing. 40 years nothing. and a billion dollars. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm going to work on Plasky County. Except the people, the Joshua interveners, who made a buttload of money it's on it. Yeah. John it's Walker, true. God rest his soul. Okay. Yeah. He got filthy rich. He did. He made a living off his, his case. And, uh, and he and I he and I knew each other and actually battled each other in in uh, he, I'm going to tell you, Mr. Walker did not like me. He didn't. No. <laughs> I, you know, I can't imagine that, Jimmy. And, uh, but he would smile He didn't like at your facts. He didn't like the version of He didn't, he didn't of like exists. anything about me, but he would smile at me. So right, I guess right. that was something, right? Well, those, those older attorneys, they don't take it personal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, but, yeah, the, the numbers are just astounding. So I'm going to dig even deeper into yeah. this. It's so sad. It, it, it upsets me. I, uh, as a as a graduate of a public school, had the opportunity to go out to the Air Force Academy. And boy, when I got to the Air Force Academy, I was woefully unprepared. And I had right. I had a, all A's, great ACT score, but I got around, I got in this school with the cream of the crop from around the country, and I was like, "Wait, what? You already taken Cal one and Cal two? Whoa, how?" I, I hadn't even had Cal one yeah. yet. What these is boys, calculus? Yeah, these, yeah. These, 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 yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We didn't even know what Cal was. I, I quickly realized that the, the the education, the public education I got at Hall High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, from eighty six, nineteen eighty six to nineteen eighty nine, yeah. I was woefully unprepared. That's where my son went. No kidding. Graduated from. Yes, Hall High School. And and don't get me wrong, I like Hall High School. I mean, I go back to the days of CW, okay? Okay. CW Gebel, and and I'm older, but that shouldn't be. Hall is situated in Little Rock in 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 a very good situation there. There's no reason not to provide that education. There's just no it's reason crazy. not to. The whole neighborhood that's right around it, they changed the whole school system up. Uh, the whole neighbor, None of the kids in the houses around Hall go to Hall. No. It was, it was cut out of some special district, mm-hmm. special school, and they sent some 
uh, folks that needed help, and it, it's terrible. It, 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 the whole structure, and I, I'm going to tell you, my problem is, and this is where we're going into the legislative session, right? Yeah. Because I see salvation of their areas. I'm just telling you, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I, there's, I mean, North Rock School District, Little Rock School District, to me, is just a lost cause. Yeah. I mean, until we get the legislation to let the money follow the kids and mm-hmm. get some more There you go. That's the first key. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Competition. Yeah. Let the money follow the, the kid's head. Where the head uh, is, the money goes. Can you imagine this, Chris? <clears throat> in in Cabot, that's it's the only game. Okay, where are you going to go? Jacksonville or BB? Nothing right, right. against those schools. But there's nothing, right? So if you let the money follow the kids, how long? It won't take very long. You'll see a private school pop up in Cabot. Of course you will. That's Not right. just one. Oh, There'll be a lot of yeah, them that right. will pop up, and uh, and you think Tony Thurman is not going to lobby against that? Oh, he'll fight. Oh yeah, well, the, what is it? The Superintendents Association—they got big yeah. power. Oh well, they think Lobbyists. they do. Yeah, they've lost a lot of that. Oh power. good, I mean, they, well, have. they sway votes. And I'm like, well, why? they're protecting their pocketbook. Yep. Because right. I, did you see the study I put out on the compensation for the top ten, top? largest school in the state for superintendents. No, I missed it. Astronomical right. figures these guys really? are making. Tony Thurman at Cabot yeah. is pulling down about right at three hundred grand. Wow. With a with a retirement package and a car allowance yeah. and a yeah. <laughs> no, he not only it. does he get a car, he gets twelve thousand he gets twelve thousand a year in car allowance. They give him that. That's mm-hmm. his cash. But he also gets uh six thousand a year in fuel what fuel reimbursement, what? oil change reimbursement, and and his insurance premiums? Really? But see, I can see that's but twelve I, grand. I want to know if his insurance and the oil changes and all that are only being done on his car or on the cars well, of his family. Well, when I looked at when I, well, <laughs> Good I can question, tell you, Dave. Well, yeah. I, I pretty much answered that because when I because I've got all the fuel receipts. Okay. And the man, they don't like me. <laughs> Tony does not like me. And uh, but I'm going. You filled up one day, and then the next day you fill up again, and then two days later there's another fill up. Oh yeah. No, how many kids are we putting gas in, or mm-hmm. girlfriends, or whatever? Right. Because. <laughs> now, take a break. We'll come back. You can sit back down, Tony. We'll be back with you in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. <laughs> uh, and you other superintendents who are not giving the taxpayers a return on their investment, it's a real trouble here. There's real some real trouble. And so don't get upset when people say, let's go to universal school choice and let's let the money follow uh, the kids, this has been coming since 20, well, before 2010, but since 2010, when Bruce Westerman brought it up when he was just a House member in the state legislature. Don't forget about East End Towing. They're ready to help you out. You uh, break down, <clears throat> excuse me, on the highway, uh, they will come out and get you. Uh, they'll get you off of the side of the of the road, whether you're in your car, whether maybe it's a, a, a trailer you're pulling and a ball bearing went out or whatever. Uh, they'll take care of your camper for you. Or maybe you're driving your camper and you need help with that. They've got the, the machines that can get you off the side of the highway as well. No matter the situation, East End Towing comes to the rescue. The number is 501-888-8888. 49. It's 501-888-8849. Put it in your smartphone under towing. Okay, back with you. 
I think we'll pass. We'll we'll move on now. Sure. Here on the on the Dave Ellswick show, I can grab about anything. I, well, I think we've made our point. <laughs> yeah. I really think that we have made our point. I think we made our point in. You need to pay your police officers more and your sheriffs more and your deputies more. And don't come to us or come to the, to, to the taxpayer. Woe is me. Wine, wine, wine. And it's just, uh, Jimmy likes to see, say maybe we should deliver some cheese with that wine yeah. that's going on. Uh, the, the bottom line is you've got X amount of dollars that you start with. Take care of all of those things that are the most important like paying your people who are putting their lives on the line to keep people safe uh, in your cities. And, uh, you know, the fire department, the EMTs, EMT and, and, and all the rest of them. And then as you get to the end and you start running out of money and you suddenly say, well, we can't put this bike path in, that's when you say, hey, you know what? Maybe what we should do is uh, you ha- if, if you want to ride a bicycle and you want a really nice bike path, you got to pay $25, $30 a year for a bike license so that you can have your bike path. You know, that, that's where you get down to fighting over that, that kind of money. You don't fight over what you're going to pay for your, second, for your, your first responders. You take good care of those people. You make sure that uh, they're going to be taken care of because you just have no idea how many SCOBIEs are going to happen in the counties and in the cities of Arkansas. You know, what we don't do is, and what we don't do that we try to do with our military, and I'm not demeaning military whatsoever, okay? And, And, you know, I love our veterans, love our military. God bless them. But if you look at that system and say people went to uh, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan okay and they had a tour of duty of a year or two years and they see horrible things there's no doubt about it and when they come back we take care of their medical mm-hmm. for the rest of their life we try to see to their mental needs right. of, of PTSD and the things they saw and, and I want to do that I, I'm, I'm all in on that but we don't do that for EMTs, paramedics, firefighters, and police officers. And as a matter of fact, if you compare a police officer or firefighter or EMT, paramedic, their tour of duty is 30 years. And you cannot, most people cannot even conceive what they see or deal with on a daily basis. That's right. But besides, besides the low pay, what do we provide them for mental health? Well, what do we provide them for their families? That's right. Look, I know I'm a veteran, okay? Mm-hmm. I know what we, what we speak here. I will say there was a time that uh, the American uh, fighting man was not taken care of. I, I, I came in under Jimmy Carter. Oh, gosh. Most of us, most <laughs> of us that were NCOs were on food stamps. Mm-hmm. We were on food stamps. I remember that time. That's the only way that we could feed our families. Now, how ridiculous is that? You've got to get serious about priorities, folks. That's right. That's what's got to happen. Get get a bike path or extra flowers for some street corner in your right. city or whatever is not as important as the people that are putting their lives on the line. No, it's absolutely not. And, <clears throat> you know, and I, and I, 
I still talk about the mental health aspect because, and you, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You, you expect these people, and and I think Chris will agree wholeheartedly with this. You expect these people to go to a call where where there's a domestic and a guy just. That's the worst call in the world. You talk to, talk to any police officer, yep. Yep. It's any, any sheriff, it's, any deputy, any you know patrolman, yep. and they'll tell you they don't know that's right. what's going to happen when they show up at a home. It's the where it's most a domestic. dangerous call they can get because yeah. they don't know who the threat is. Because here's the thing: it might be the the wife saying he's right. been beating on me, yep. he's a, and yep. then all of a sudden you go to arrest them. And the woman's on your back beating you over the top right. of the head with the, you know, the paperweight somewhere. Yep. So much emotion. When I had conversations with some of the officers, um, I, I took away two things. One, they, they should have been retired in 20 years. And two, they need a partner. These folks that are out at midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah, by, we've them, already talked by about themselves, they need, they, need a, they need two people per patrol car, two when, officers. When we were talking earlier about uh-huh. small towns, uh, and I know because – I don't just know read them, but but one of my sons is a police officer, and one of them's a firefighter. Oh, nice! I didn't know and, that. Okay. And, and uh, when my son started his law enforcement career, it was in wow. in England. Okay, and it made me. We we're talking about won't dwell too long on it. But mm-hmm. Me and Dave were talking about it. My wife and I stayed a nervous wreck because he was the night guy, and he's the only one on duty. Oh man. I had like one. what twenty five square miles, forty yeah. square miles. He was mm-hmm. in, yeah. And whenever there was a situation. Whether it was one person or ten people, right. he had to deal with it by himself. Because backup, even if you call the county or state police, backup's twenty minutes away. Easily, uh huh. And and so that's to your point. And and what I really get concerned about is when you go that call. And uh, um, I'll give you an example of an officer. Sixty seconds. Sixty. <laughs> yeah, I I, I give you an example of an officer. That uh, had to go to a call, a missing yeah. child. The child found, determined was in the pond, wades in the pond, oh, gets man. the three-year-old out. Three-year-old's already dead. Massively works on that child to try to bring him back. Child's gone. Next day, got to go back to work. Yeah, right. Now, that's Ooh. a tough deal. Yeah. All right. right. We got to pick it up in the next hour. You go ahead and fill up another cup of coffee or get a few miles closer to going to work, and then we'll be back with you here shortly on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Now, we've been playing this all week long. You should know the words by now, so I hope you're singing along with it. All right, Dave Ellswick Show moving in the second hour on a Friday. Fridays are good days because they're followed by Saturday. Chris uh, Corbett is here in studio today. It's good to see him. And then, of course, uh, Jimmy Cavan is here as well. I saw him yesterday, but always have a place for him to sit any day he wants to come in. And uh, yesterday we talked uh, considerably about uh, the Conway School District and how they were going or they're starting or they have started a way of uh, for their people, if you have emails... You're not supposed to keep them on your server for longer than three days. The policy states, district-wide, <coughs> pardon me, that on the retention policy that you must delete your emails within three days. Okay. So if I get an email today, I've got to delete it within three days. Okay, so that does the day that you get it count as a day, or is it start, do you start no, counting it, the that, next day? It, it, when you get it, the clock... 
It starts ticking. Okay. So if I got one today, I'm going to assume the weekend doesn't count as a day because it's not a business day. So that means by the end of business on Tuesday, I should be getting rid of that email. And and I'm so excited to talk about this again since Chris is here because we need the expert on this. No, he works. You know. Some has rubbed off with him hanging out with Robert Steinbach. Oh yeah, and so, oh, yeah. And so I gotta figure, I gotta figure it's it's a, it's on the whole thing of FOIA, and um, you know I'm really concerned about this, I, yeah, especially after that school board member said what they said. And Tuesday. I want to give Chris a little more backdrop on it. And I don't have all my notes here, but they started that policy. I inquired about it and I said, "Hey, you know, give me the policy," and they gave it to me. And so I talked to him. I said, look, that's a circumvention of the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. Right. Just no way. I, I sent them the intent, 2519-102. Yeah. I read it, which is I'm passionate about that intent. And it just still didn't register. So at the school board meeting, Jason Sanford, good guy, really good guy. And I'm, and, and I'm 100% supportive of the school board and what they're trying to do in education, okay? But – he he uh, he read a statement, an actual statement that he wrote, so it wasn't off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And he said that the retention policy is in place because of all the FOI requests they're getting in the time it takes. So they're going to combat that by deleting those emails. So basically, if you call in and say, hey, give me the emails, they said, well, they're gone so that they don't have to do it. So basically what he's saying is they did that to prevent them from being requested. Yeah. So I contended, okay, and I'm not an attorney and don't claim to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I contended that that's, a, that's violating 2519-102. Right. All right, so I'm glad you're here. So what do you think? Man, first of all, going back to a little bit of history here. So Sanford, Dr. Naylor, and Linda Hargis all ran for the Conway School Board, which in my opinion is a thankless job. They're not getting paid. Sure. They get a lot of criticism. But they got involved to shut down this wokeism going on, mm-hmm. this crazy transgender crap, you know, that someone – can use a bathroom if they don't have the right plumbing. It's nuts to me. I'm like, are we really having this conversation? So they got involved, and they put some things out that are logically correct. And now I think they've they've stepped over the line, in my humble opinion, when they are circumventing FOIA. And the the unintended consequences of this – when I saw that, I was like, that's simple. You can set up on your Outlook to send emails automatically. Like, send this in the future. Send one every day. That's, I want all the yeah. emails every day. And then what are they going to do? It's, it's, so they're, they're using um, – it's an abuse of discretion is what it is. But here's the problem. They're forced bring, into using it. Yeah, yeah. And if you, but if you bring this in front of a judge, they you may or may not – I'd say it's 50-50 whether or not you can get them to say that's a – a violation of the FOIA because they're allowed to put in what they call an email retention policy. But what does that mean? What is an email retention policy? Draw, draw, have them draw you a line. Well, one year, three months, three days, three hours. When's it unreasonable? And um, you would hope that you could get this done in you know three six months, file suit, and say the three day email retention policy is unreasonable and it's circumventing FOIA. Um, you'd hope you get a quick ruling on that, but I just can't. I don't have any confidence. 
I've lost my confidence in some of the judiciary based on Haven't the we all? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just amazing to me. And I hate to say that. I'm I'm part of the game. You know, I've got a law license. I I have the ability to do something about it. And um to to hear stuff like this and then see uh normal citizens trying to get access to the communications of government it outrages me. I'm just like you really that, that's really that's your that's your solution a 3-day email retention policy. Come on, we got technology here. I'm just throwing it out there. Every email you send, send it to foia at conwaypublicschools.org and give, I mean, set up a computer. Y'all want to come look at the emails? Here they are. They're here as long as the computer's on. Um, There's easy ways that they could do this and make it open, an open records policy. If they've got some common sense, uh, yeah. I think. But let me tell you, one more question, one more statement on this. The folks that know about FOIA, and I've seen it in their emails, hey, call me on this. And that shuts down the. It's an unwritten rule. Don't put it in an email because it can be FOIA. Let's have a phone call. Call me, and that and you'll know that they're discussing stuff you want to know about. Sure. But they're not going to put it in an email. So there are other ways around FOIA. Just don't email, right? Don't text. There, there are plenty of ways yeah. around. And, and plenty of ways around the open meeting laws, yeah. which is another subject. But, but I'm exactly with what you're saying mm-hmm. that. And Miss Linda, I know you're listening. You know I love you, and I'm a huge supporter of the school board, especially Miss oh, Argus. Me too. Naylor Good Sanford. statement. Yeah. yeah, huge supporter, and we just differ on this. Yeah. And and I think what's happening is this is kind of a new board, right? With right. Dr. Naylor and Miss Argus. It is Argus and, and Sanford. Sanford. Yeah. And so they're kind of new to this game, yeah. and they're getting a little frustrated because of the bombardment. Right. And what I, what I contend, if you give these people a little bit of time. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out and and it's they're gonna be a little bit more reasonable on that. But right. the problem with that right now is it's causing a a huge issue because everything they're doing is so good. And you've heard me say it, Dave, and I say it to all of them. I, it's is boy they fumble. And I said it yesterday. Yeah. They fumble. Yeah. They're, yeah. Boy, they're going, going, right. going. Right. They didn't have to have this issue. Yeah. You know what the problem right. is? It's an unforced fumble. That's it. All right, Un- unforced turnover. That's what you don't want to do. <laughs> and right. to Chris's point, what is it, that's actually happened. Mm-hmm. What you said, hey, what you're going to do is you're going to force people. They're going to say, okay, if you want to get cute, yeah, we're going to send you FOIs every day. Yep. Well, that's that's what's starting to happen. Yeah, sure. And yep. because that's the only way. And in I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I I understand from the school board's position that there are several TV stations here within uh, our, our listenership that are misreporting the news. They are given a narrative that is absolutely false. We have, we've shown it here on the show. That's right. And uh, they're, you know, it's like you said, Chris, these are people that are, high, that are voted on, put into a position of yeah. power. They're not paid for doing it. Right. Uh, and they get all that grief that they get because that they're, uh, they're standing up for what's right. And then you've got TV stations that are taking, you know, pot shots at them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and I'm combating that. I know you, you know are. That. And, I mean, the media's really mad at me. Good. I hope you're all at me, mad at me because <laughs> if you're not, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, right? Right. And, uh, but uh, they've taken such hits 
like Dave said, especially from the media, on just on stuff the media just makes it up. Oh yeah. And we were talking about that during the break, right? Yeah. You just make stuff up. <laughs> exactly. And but what the board is is got to understand that they're stepping on their own feet right. with this with this email. But that's not going to solve your FOI problem number one. No. That's probably only going to increase it. But you tee it up for the media. You actually tee it up for the media to come at you about something. Well, it looks like they're hiding something. Like, really, what are you doing here? And really, they're not. Right. They're just just frustrated. Yeah. And and I know when people are hiding, and I'm good at finding it. Right, right. And uh, the Conway School District, I just tell everybody, they're they're not hiding anything. That's right. They're not. No. I mean. They got elected to do the right thing, and they're going to do, you know, they're going to vote on their conscience, and. And yeah, it's going to make some people mad, but they've gone just too far left with this wokeism and these crazy agendas. And there's some horror stories out there out, coming out of Virginia, um, at Loudoun County. And, yeah, there are. Uh, it's just I, we, I mean, we've been over them before, but um, to take and appease the few and hurt a very the, few, yeah, and to hurt a majority of the folks with some crazy policies. It's just outrageous. Well, and and, you, and let me tell everybody real quick, when we talked about this Conway School Board, they were elected to do – they ran on doing what they're doing. That's exactly they right. They're keeping their promises. They, yeah. That's right. They went door to door with oh, this. Oh, yeah. And they were overwhelmingly elected to yeah. do what they're well, doing. Well, I saw them every day out there campaigning when I was running for D- District 55 up there. Um, it was nice to see Linda, Dr. Naylor. I mean, Dr. Naylor's running a medical practice there in Conway. Yeah. He doesn't he's, have to do this. Heck, no. heck no. He's doing it for the good of the kids. Yeah. He wants to see these kids have a good future. Uh, they're doing it out of the good of their heart. And they're going to take, take some hits, but they're going to come out on top. I got confidence. What I like, and they'll tell you this, is at the school board meeting this before they fumbled, they were punching back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> You know what? And you know what? Hey, people are going to make mistakes. If they want to come out and say, hey, this three-day policy email, policy retention didn't work, we're going to change our mind. It is okay to change your mind. Yes, it is. There's nothing against the law to change your mind. Here's how you do it. I changed my mind. Well, and then the question Simple. goes, well, why did you do that? Because I thought about it. And I thought about it, and we, there's better ways of doing this. Yeah. That's what you got to say. Well, There's nothing it, wrong with it, brother. Stand making, on it. Making yeah. a mistake doesn't make you, according to Max Brantley. Right. Hey, Mr. Max, you know I like you. <laughs> yeah, but but a mistake doesn't make you a fascist. It doesn't make you a Nazi. Right. <laughs> and they try. And these people are getting called. You just made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Deborah held. Deborah held in, uh, held in the Arkansas Times, right? Yeah. And and she's got on the board, and she's just making all these wild accusations. And she actually puts up on one of her articles a picture of the Ku Klux Klan uh, of some Ku Klux Klan people yeah. from the fifties, from the grandpa to the dad to the mom, the kids all in their hoods and everything. And she's <laughs> comparing the school board to that. And I did an article on it. I said, yeah. oh, I I don't know. I mean, the longtime board member Andre Acklin, who's the president of the school board. Right. I said, last time I checked, he's black. <laughs> I don't right. see him putting a hood on. No. <laughs> I just don't see it. 
maybe I'm wrong. I've seen some of her tweets. They're, yes. they're, to, they're to just get somebody fired up. Uh, yeah. They almost caught me. I almost, I almost took the bait. I, I deleted it. I was like, I'm going to reply to this. Oh, no, I'm not. No, because that's what she wants. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. got to take a break. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, wow. What is it? Next Sunday. A week from Sunday's Christmas. And if you want, if you want to make sure that uh, you have the you know the gifts that you want to give to the people you love, you'll buy them now, so that you'll have them. Stop by and visit with Eric Coleman today, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, three thousand Cavanaugh in Sweet E. So many people go by and and uh, get with Eric because, you know, he's a small shop, but. With a small shop, you get great service, and that's what you get with Eric Coleman. He'll stand there and talk to you and figure out what is the absolute best gift for that special someone. Go by and visit him today. He's open until 6 today. He's open, in fact, every Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6, 3000 Cavanaugh and Sweet E, right in Little Rock at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right. I was just being told during the break. Chris Corbett told me, and I've heard from other people now who heard me do my my uh, movie review about Violent Night, <laughs> where is where you where you got a series of mercenaries who have taken over a house because there's a lot of money there, and they happen to do it on Christmas Eve, and Santa Claus is there. And he writes some wrongs. Okay, <laughs> it's my second favorite Christmas movie next to Die Hard. All right, why, that, why am I shocked by that? And, then, and this is what I'm saying: it, it's Die Hard. It's Die Hard with Home Alone. Yeah, that's exactly that's what, what it is. is. And you just looked so, like that's right up your alley. It was so Chris. good. It was so, so good. That, huh? Oh man, I loved it. Could you believe the bloodshed in that movie? Oh my! The, Santa Claus has a war hammer. I'm not going to spoil anything. But yeah. Santa Claus has a war hammer. He's like Thor. Yeah, it's fantastic. He's like Thor. It's it's a great. It really is a great. David Harbor plays Santa Claus. He plays the sheriff in Stranger Things, yeah. and he is. Absolutely wonderful. Awesome. So let me ask them as an yeah. attorney, when you guys are sitting around the library smoking your cigars, yeah, and stuff, yeah. is this really what you talk about? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, he and I talk movies a lot. He's a he's a cinephile. He loves movies. Oh, I love movies, man. I love And you got to see them in the theater, man. I love them at the house. You can rent them and you know, all these apps, but the theater experience is where it's at. Yeah. How many popcorn how many people? Like. How many people were in the theater? It was just me and Steinbuck by ourselves. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Steinbuck was there. Did okay. Steinbuck like it? Oh, yeah. He loved it. All right. He loved I'm it. Glad that explains that. a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that. I told them both to go see it. Oh, That's man. I didn't know what I was in for. I was like, all right, let's go see this. Let's okay. See. I'm going to move to something national okay. here. You guys ready? Oh, here we go. Let's do it. With Dem- uh, California facing a $24 billion deficit next year. It's unclear how state Democrats will proceed if they need to raise extra revenue for a reparations proposal. Uh, the California legislature needs a two-thirds supermajority to raise taxes, and while Democrats hold their supermajority, it's not a given that all of the party's moderates would endorse a tax hike. The Washington Free Beacon reported that the task force has yet to settle on time frames for each of these categories, nor has it decided how many black California residents should be eligible. 
With California facing a $24 billion deficit next year, it's unclear how state Democrats will proceed if they need to raise this extra revenue for a reparations proposal. The California legislature needs, again, a two-thirds supermajority to raise uh, taxes. So it's not a given that they're going to be able to do that. So what, I'm hearing that Newsom wants to run for president. Uh, I think a lot of people, if they follow what's going on out there with the Democrats, there's a lot of people don't want to see Biden run again. And they want other people to do. But how can you run uh, for uh, election to president of the United States when you're the governor of a state that has this huge of a uh, of a deficit and you want to make it even larger by getting into this whole reparations mess? Can so, I, it's crazy. Can I start by saying I hope he does run for president? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think you got your wish. I think he's already running. It, uh, how do, I, I don't get that. I, I just don't get the the logic in that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because I, don't, I I get the logic. Well, of you're it. buying votes. Yeah, but yeah. here's the reason: because most Americans do not understand that the only money that the government has is what the people give it. That's right. Well, the people that pay taxes understand that. Some. Some. I, I'll grant you that. Some. Not a lot. Some do. I, I'll a grant lot you that, don't. Dave. I'll grant you that. Hey, this goes back to that reading proficiency. Thank yeah, you very you, much. Boy, you I, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And you know what? You, if you can't read, you can't understand what the heck's going on. I saw Susie Orman come speak at the University of Arkansas in the 90s, okay? And she had a, a date. I think it was May. You work for the government until the end of March. Seriously, this is how think and about the, it. the money becomes yours. Yeah, you're not giving you to it to the governor, government for the government until May until you get to keep your own money. Now, today's date, 2020. This was 1990. You work until May for the government, and you don't get any of your money. The government takes it all until May, and then you get to keep the money for the rest of the months. That kind of rung true with me. It's like, well, wait a minute. Ooh, that's how much taxes we're going to be paying. Ouch. That's minus. Yeah. yeah. That's minus the additional tax on your food. Oh, man. Tax Sales on anything tax. that you're yeah. buying in the state. Yeah. You know, you got to add all of that in as well. By the time you get to the end, I bet maybe you get four months of what you work for. That's right. Well, yeah, you tax. And then, you know, so he's floating some new taxes. King Scott here in Little Rock's oh, floating yes. some oh, new yeah. taxes. Is he back to his 1% oh, again? He, he wants to float another tax referendum. He, he does. He does. In in, I, I don't think it'll pass. Heck no. Yeah, I don't think it'll pass. In, but he's, I don't he's know feeling they, his oats right now. I don't know. They yeah. voted him back in. Well, they, well, they voted him back in, but I don't think they're going to vote the tax. And, I sure hope not. Yeah, we went through the reality of that vote. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so I, I don't think that transition, because the last time he did it, it you know they just said no no oh it got yeah, not, it got knocked down big time thank it, goodness but there's but a how small many number times, of voters how many 3, times votes, right? that's the key right that's the problem with how many elections. times do you go to the door <laughs> before somebody finally opens it for you I, I i get that and i think what chris is saying is is a big deal too because well let's go let's let's look okay at hold on okay hold your powder We'll let you unload it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Bill O'Reilly with us now on 101.1 FM. You know, feeling safe is important out on the road or, uh, you know, you're in a motel somewhere in a foreign city that you're not, uh, you know, aware of what's really going on. I'll tell you where else you want to feel safe is in your home or in your business. And uh, Billy Mack can help you do that with ICU protection. These are the guys that do nuclear one. They can protect nuclear one. They can protect it. They can protect your living room, okay? Uh, Billy will call you. You ask uh, for them to give you a call. He'll, he'll talk to you. He'll ask you, you know, well, how many doors, how many windows you got? Because it's a no-brainer that you're going to want, you know, sensors on all of them. But then you'll talk about your house. Do you have a place on your house that, you know, maybe at nighttime there's not a lot of light uh, and there's, you know, it could somebody could get into that area and, and be undetected? Well, Billy Mack will show you how to put indoor and outdoor cameras on your house. That will keep you safe as well. They give you really good analytics to tell you that whether it's a person that's sitting it off, whether it's uh, an animal or a car, it'll give you the whole thing about motion, all of that. You can be in your house. You can be in your business. You can feel safe, just like I do, because that's just how, that's how I do mine. I see you protection. Uh, call them, 501-205-1333. It's 501-205-1333. And the, the other thing that you should know is that all that hardware that they'll hang on your house doesn't cost you a penny. You know, you go to some of these places, and before they turn it on, they want four, five, six hundred $600 for all of the hardware. You don't pay any of that. Uh, I'm going to have Billy back on here after the first of the year, and he'll explain how he does this. Uh, where he gives it to you, and he still makes money. It's just that he knows that he's going to make money, but not as much as the other guys do because they're you know, basically screwing you. Billy Mack, you give him a call at ICU Protection, 501-205-1333, just the way I did, and get great protection uh, for your home or for your business and uh, feel safe at night. It's a good thing to do with all the murders that are going on and things of that nature. You know, a murderer, you know, here's what they hate, or somebody breaking in your house. They hate that you know they're coming in your house before they even get in your house. They don't like that. Puts them at a decided disadvantage, especially with me, with my AK-47 12-gauge shotgun semi-automatic. I'll tell you right now. They're at a disadvantage. <laughs> All right. So anyway, bottom line, I see you protection. You get you get a hold of them. Let them help you out. All right. You do that. You talk to Billy. Tell him I told you to call. He'll do you a good deal. It's about uh, 20 minutes until uh, 8 o'clock. I've got uh, uh, Jimmy Cavan in here. I've got Chris Corbett in here. You got to go up, up here in court today? today uh, no, I've got the day off today. Oh, very cool, yep. dude. Um. Uh, I'll be drafting some pleadings, though. Okay. So, you bet. You still got work to do. Oh, yeah. You just don't have to do I it at the court. I wouldn't call it work. Room. I kind of enjoy it. Do you? <laughs> I really do. Okay, good. As I'm soon as I quit enjoying it, I'm not going to work anymore. I would have never thought that. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Uh, Steinbuck and I were in um, the General Assembly yesterday. We appealed a, um, a FOIA complaint um, where uh, Steinbuck eventually got the records on the admission data for ULR. Well, we lost at the circuit court. Judge Fox would not give us a ruling of who prevailed. 
right? He literally. What does that mean? So, in order to win a FOIA lawsuit against the state of Arkansas, you have to have a judge tell you you prevailed. Well, if the judge doesn't want to do it, it's not like I can go up there and put him in an arm bar, kick right. him in the face a few times, say, give me my order. Right. No, you can't do that. Um, we are talking about Judge Fox, though. We, we have are to keep that Judge in mind, Fox. right? Yeah, Judge Fox, he wouldn't rule on it. He said, yeah. I'm not going to give you a ruling. That's for the Claims Commission. So I said, okay. I packed my bag up. I, I trot over to the Claims Commission. Say, I'd like a... I'd like my attorney's fees. We won the case. Um, ULR Law School wouldn't turn the data over. We filed suit. They turned the data over. Give me my 15000 in attorney's fees. Claims Commission said, oh, no, we can't do that. Uh, that's for the circuit court to make that determination. We go back to the circuit court. Judge Fox says, nope, not going to do it. That's for the Claims Commission. <laughs> we go back to the Claims Commission. Claims Commission says... No, nope, uh, you didn't get your ruling. They used two unpublished opinions, made up some law, the Schultz order and the Keach order, and says you have to have a prevailing order, uh, a prevailing party. You prevailed at the circuit court. You so what did you order. get, a bunch of uh, state yeah. house members and senators Wait. to say, hey, do Wait. your job? Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. So we lost at the claims commission they said no um, we're going to deny you your attorney's fees okay so we appealed it to the general assembly we're sitting in there they call it a hearing we're sitting in the general assembly down there and bart hester says no one can talk i'm like wait what this isn't a hearing he said we're just going to read the reports and take a vote and uh, we've got some you know some things prepared to say that this conundrum we're stuck between the circuit court and the claims commission right because you can't because neither wants to do their job that's exactly yeah. what happened dave so literally um i thought we could get a two-minute spiel in 60 seconds say hey guys this is important FOIA is important and um there's incentive out there for lawyers to take the case because we could potentially get attorney's fees if we, we review it and say okay yeah you, you know what that's a legitimate FOIA request. They didn't provide it. Let's file suit. I won't charge anything. Well, this is the only way to add teeth to this. Law. That's right. That's right. Well, it's and the only way to protect people like me. Let me tell. That's right. right. So let me tell you. Twenty seconds. It went down in twenty seconds, Mr. Corbett. You don't get your attorney's fees. Pop. See you later. Well, they just said no to me. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. They said no to the general public in allowing attorneys to take cases against the state of Arkansas to get access to documents that they pay for. Did you get a chance to talk to Bart nope, Hester after? I did not. I, I, um, I, was, uh, I got up and left, and I thought, man, that was crazy. Um, and uh, we had uh, four or five uh, legislators that promised to be there. They didn't show up. And um, so, wow, yeah, yeah, how about a break a promise. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. they didn't show up. And um, so um, I, my, my initial take was, you're gonna like this. I wanted to, I wanted to tell him the quote. I wanted to stand up and give him the quote from Training Day, Denzel Washington. Yeah. I'm putting charges on all you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I was going through my head, and I thought, okay, you know what? King I, Kong, right? I, I live, yeah. I live another day and a learning lesson. And uh, we're gonna Steinbuck and I are gonna try to fix this mess. That that was what I was gonna ask you. Because I know how hard you guys work. Yeah, so it's FOIA requests against the state are a different animal. Now, the cities and the counties, you're going to get attorney's fees awarded by the judge. Right. But when you go against the state on a FOIA request, you've got to go to the claims commission, and you've got to get a, an order from the court saying you substantially prevailed. 
And that, and I want to teach every attorney out there that that's what you need to do because it's tricky. I, I, I want to throw in there that yeah. the reason Chris is doing this and Robert does yeah. it and Joe Epp and Fort Smith and these guys, they're not doing it for themselves. So when you hear them say they're trying to get their attorney's fees, right. they're trying to establish that that can happen. And the reason they're trying to establish that is for the citizens. So if I send... A request to the state, right. da da da. We have a problem, and I so my so my I have a recourse, but that recourse unfortunately comes with a cost to me. So, right. so attorneys aren't going to, you know, you don't work for free. You're not right. in this for your health. Right, right. Okay. So, what am I recourse? Okay. Well, if I do it, and we and we do it, but then I have to pay. But if they can get the state to say, hey, no, you know, hey, they messed up, so they have to pay the attorney's fees. That's right. Then that helps me, Joe Citizen, because how else am I going to get it? It's like say, okay, well you have recourse, you can sue. Okay, well who has who the average person doesn't have the money to? That's now right. you get guys like Chris and Robert and Joey. Yeah, they'll do it. Yeah. Using pro bono work, right? Right, that's right. But I mean, they got to get. They need to get paid. That's right. And and Robert talks about that. Hey, you right need on, to you, know. you need to charge for FOI. Well, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like they say, okay, we screwed up, we didn't give it to you. You know, you're right. We were wrong, but it's but we're not we're not reimbursing you for your cost to tell us that prove that we were wrong. Am I? Is that what we're That's saying? Exactly what's going down. Yeah. And the state's just a little different animal with the sovereign immunity and not awarding attorneys fees. Judge Fox literally said this was right when that ruling had come out on sovereign immunity. Said I can't impugn the state treasury or the the cash of the state, um, and because the king's always right. So you got to go. To the claims commission, well, the claims commission just failed to do their job. They wouldn't. No, we're not going to make a prevailing party. And what are you uh, going to do about it? Yeah. So you got to go back to the circuit court. It was just outrageous um, that they can play games like that with the, with law and and public documents. Well, that doesn't surprise me. They've yeah. been playing yeah. games for and it was political years. Yeah. I, I want the people to know though that yeah. that. That who's who that affecting is the citizens. Right. It's it's not it's not it's not a Chris. Who that ruling? What the decision is actually actually screws me. That's exactly right. It I screws mean, the citizen. It, Chris isn't taking on this fight for him. All right. He's taking on this fight for the citizens. Yeah, I mean, 15 G's was a lot of money. We reduced our fees, and I probably would. I'd like a bowl of soup and some new underwear from Walmart. <laughs> Maybe just a bowl of soup yeah, and some oyster crackers. There you go. Yeah. Um, but um, it's not going to be. It's not. It wasn't the end of the world. And you live and learn. And um, I'll, I'll be around for the next fight. So. Oh, you guys don't back down. No, man. We we you keep pushing it. You need, you need to get a hold of some people and file some legislation and see yep. it passed in the law. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And um, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So how is this parlaying? And what are you guys' plans for this legislative session? Man, we've got several um, laws that we want to get proposed and um, it, it's got to do with the rights of the people and for the people by the people of the people um, it's going to be interesting to see what see what we can get done so joey tells us we've yeah. had him on the show several times that it's time to put some real teeth i mean yep. and i've heard from and i won't say who they are but i've heard from some senators mm-hmm. That they want to see some teeth oh, put into the yeah, the, why not? The wall. Let's let's make it happen. And it, it's weird, you know. I'll call some of these attorneys or send them an email, and the state police. I get more stuff via FOIA than I do in discovery. 
when I'm defending alleged yeah. criminals, right? Alleged. Wow. Alleged. Yeah. I love it. it. You know, it's like it's like, man, why am I? And then and then they some of them they they take it personal. Well, I've got to do all this work to turn over these documents. Look, buddy, that's what you get paid to do. It's not. It shouldn't be a burden to turn over emails from the Conway no. School District. No. Now, I think so. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we had to print something off and go photocopy. This is all Electronic ages. Yeah. Nah, yes, hey, I, listen. They liked that because of the chemicals that you had to use. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you walk away, you're feeling really good about taking care of public work. I can work. still smell that ammonia right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll take a break. When we come back, I'm going to just say we're going to talk about two words. Tick. Talk. Oh boy. We're going to talk about that when oh, we yeah. get back on the Dave Ellswick Show. They can take anything that we patent and make it and freely sell it. And the, the USPTO, you can file the complaint, the Trade Commission. That stuff gets over here to America. And. They're selling it, and they're making money off of it. They're taking our ideas. That's just one area. They're that's stealing. called intellectual property. That's right, IP. They're stealing our IP. And then now, now, not only that, this hacking that's going on, these this people, like with the Little Rock School District being shut down in this ransomware, this is government-sponsored hacking. They've got folks that are coming over to America. They're taking... The education that they get paid for by American taxpayers, they're going back to their country and using it against us. And I, I say that, and people no, that's not right. They're in denial. These, a lot of these TikTok users are in denial. They're not recording my stuff. Yeah, they are. Yeah. In, in, it's I, happening. I tell people all the time that, that they're like drug dealers in the sense that TikTok is a drug. Yeah. And... But you're not giving them 20 bucks on the street corner for it. What you're giving them is every piece of information you have. About right. you. That's and, exactly and so right. so they get you strung out yeah. on this drug, yep. and and you don't even realize you're addicted to TikTok. Here right? it is, Jimmy. Here's the deal. If it's free, everybody say it ain't free. No. If it's free, what's the product? You're the product. That's it. you got to digest that. you gotta, you got to eat that little nibble and go, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm the product? This data on your... Uh, where you go, what you do, what you search for, what's on your phone is all stored somewhere, and they're going to use it. They've got the AI to put this stuff together. Sure, and, and they and people get so addicted to yeah. this that so many people know that they know what you just said. Yeah. They don't care. They want their drug. That's right. Right. That's right. They want their TikTok. Or they go. So what? What do I got that that they're going to use against me? That's right. Well, you, do you know where your life's going fifty years from now? Well, and let me tell. I'll tell you where it is, Dave. It's the trending that they are able to control the story. Yes. And with the this so-called Russian collusion, we all know that that was a hoax. Now we all know that was just made up, right? When the Trump was well, right. common sense people knew it was a hoax then. Exactly. But, just, but you get this herd mentality. Then and people people are all going to run off this cliff, man. And um, it, the trending, the, the data that they are able to control, the manipulation they've got. China's got fake Facebook accounts. They got fake Twitter accounts. Um, it's happening now. Let me just warn everybody: if you've got kids and they've got TikTok, take it off their phones. One hundred percent. Get rid of it. Yeah. Totally well, shut it down. Well, the problem you have with especially millennial parents and and, and people like that is. 
They're already they're, they're on addicted it too. too. The oh, parents yeah. are addicted. Yeah, yeah I right? agree. I don't disagree with that. But and to Chris's point, and I think the point he's trying to make is, you and I mm-hmm. talked about Dave. If with the hammering, with the information, the collusion, collusion, right, collusion, it's right. like if if I if 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 I tell you the world is flat, and I keep telling you that, and I tell you that every day mm-hmm. and every day, at some point you're going to start to go, well, is the world maybe, flat? Yeah, maybe, right. maybe, yeah. just yeah. maybe. Senator Josh Hawley out of Missouri is the one that got that passed. It hadn't been signed yet, I think. Um, well, they've got it in the Senate. Correct. It's got to go to the House. Nancy Pelosi told Reuters yesterday she's not sure how she's going to approach this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, in a couple of weeks, it won't matter, Nancy, because you're going to hand the gavel over to us. <laughs> and maybe the Republicans will think just a bit differently I'm just concerned than about you the people do. that have the gavel. Right on. <laughs> you All right. Know what I mean? last, last point. Uh, mark this on your calendar. Day after Martin Luther King Day, I will start doing Tuesday and Thursday reporting from the Capitol on the General Assembly. Oh, fantastic. We'll get back to what we were doing three years ago before COVID really screwed everything up. You'll be uh, in real time know what's going on with your legislators. So, Dave Ellswick Show, i got to take a break for an hour, let you learn a little bit about your money, then I'll be back to talk further with you here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. You probably heard uh, earlier today when I was talking about uh, the Senate is looking uh, to ban TikTok on all government, uh, you know, phones so that they can't, uh, you know, do their traitorous things that they've been doing of uh, grabbing all the information out of your out of your phone. Uh what they don't want is for the Chinese to be able to know every keystroke that governmental workers are using to get around uh, in you know governmental uh, affairs. Well, there had been information out that uh, you know the, the the Senate was willing to do it, but not so much what was going to happen with uh, the House. Well, I've got a, a story here. Just broke uh, a few couple hours ago. I just uh, see uh, just seeing it right now. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi supports the inclusion of language banning TikTok on government devices and the omnibus spending bill she hopes to pass by the end of next week. We'll see if that happens. Pelosi told reporters on Capitol Hill that she she would support adding the ban to a 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill that will fund the government until the end of September 30th 2023 earlier this week legislation banning the video sharing app on government devices passed the senate unanimously the ban is sponsored by Republican Senators Rick Scott and Marco Rubio of Florida, as well as Tom Cotton of Arkansas and Josh Harley of uh, Missouri. The issue is moving in Congress after major security concerns were raised by both Democrat and Republican lawmakers, and even the Biden administration got into the mix. FBI Director Christopher Wray warned this month that Chinese officials have broad access to TikTok, which allows them to manipulate content 
and if they want to, to use it for influence operations. All of these things are in the hands of a government that doesn't share our values and that uh, has a mission that's very much at odds with what's in the best interest of the United States, said Ray. That should concern us. TikTok's chief operating officer told Senate lawmakers in September that the social media giant does not share user data with its parent company, the uh, Beijing-based ByteDance. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, the senators that heard them talk, say that basically, basically called yes on it, all right, very loudly because they know that's not the case. TikTok and ByteDance are currently under investigation by the Treasury's Department's Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., which evaluates national security risks associated with foreign-owned companies operating in the U.S. or foreign company uh, foreign investments in American companies. I mean, seriously, TikTok can follow your every keystroke on your phone. And uh, they they grab all the information they can. They uh, they make little files on everybody. They've got all that information, and maybe that's not important right now. But you know, the Chinese play the long game, and that's not to say that ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, uh, maybe you know you've wanted to get into governmental work. And now you are, when you were, you know, 20, 20 years old, you were out there playing and uh, watching TikTok for all the cool little videos that you could watch. Uh, but um, not so much anymore. However, they're in your phone. And there's people that will tell you that you should not even get on TikTok because they're putting... Uh, bots in your phone that can follow you for uh, forever and so they're, they're they're setting up they're setting up a, their own kind of espionage wing so to speak that uh, can happen and i i don't have control now with my boys or my daughters they're all grown up but i've told all of them they shouldn't be on tiktok I found out my granddaughters were on it, and I told my daughter, I said, you need to get them off of that. It's not a good thing. And I know Jimmy was talking about it earlier uh, today about how, you know, people get hooked on it. Well, I'm not so much worried about them getting hooked on it. My problem is allowing uh, the Chinese to get a hook in your phone. That it that as it as as you carry on with a new phone and you download photos to the new phone and whatever, that all of that still is working on your phone. So, uh, and but I am like Jimmy. There's a lot of people out there uh, that uh, you know don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, they got this view. People, a lot of people have this view that, you know, the world of social media is that there's nothing out there that can come back, bite you in the butt, and do damage to you. That is absolutely wrong. That is not uh, the uh, the way you should be taking looking at this 
anybody who can track you through every keystroke you make and they're holding on to it is to be doubted as far as I'm concerned. And I don't want them in my phone. At least that's what I don't want as far as that's concerned. Okay, so I'm taking a look here about Lori Lightfoot as well. I want to bring you up to date on some of the news stories. Um, and, and, and some of them are not big enough that, you know, like uh, Salem is not covering up on them. They're looking at right now uh, what's going on as far as uh, Wall Street's concerned. Fox News' Katie Pavlich slammed Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's decision to block the media and the public from being able to monitor police scanners, saying it affects reporters' ability to cover local crime and potentially endangers residents. Quote, in terms of the police scanner traffic, that's not just used by media. It's actually used by a lot of people in these neighborhoods who listen in so that when there is a shooting or there is a high-speed chase, they know where it is. And they can protect themselves and their families not to go into those certain areas, she said, uh, while she was on the Five yesterday. Light. Foot announced in mid-December the city would transition toward the use of an encrypted radio frequency accessible only to those with a decryption key. The mayor hit back at critics who said the move is a form of censorship, arguing it's about police safety. If it's unencrypted, says the mayor, and there's access, there's no way to control criminals who are going to also get access to listen in and adjust their criminal behavior in response to the information that's being communicated. Havlitch said if Lightfoot were really concerned about public and police safety, she would stop backing soft on crime policies. Quote, the bigger picture is if you really want to protect police officers, Lori Lightfoot would put pressure on the prosecutors to keep the revolving door of criminals off the streets, she said. These cops are encountering the same people over and over again in the same neighborhoods, committing the same crimes, and yet they're still being let out of jail. Pavlich concluded it all comes down to Lightfoot not wanting people to really know what's going on. Now, Greg Gutfield jumped in, and he agreed with her, adding the decision to block access to police scanners is a way for Lightfoot to change the narrative about rising crime in her city. If you can't find out about it, this is kind of like FOIA. If you can't find out about it, if they're not transparent about it, you you wouldn't even know what's going on. So you have to have a way to know what's going on behind the, cur- uh, the curtain. I mean, I, I can't believe how much uh, political figures now are getting into the Wizard of Oz thing. Pay no attention about the man behind the curtain. You know, they don't want you to know about all that. This is not the priority if you care about police safety, said Gutfield explained. The mayor has a history of acting like reporters are betraying her if they cover the crime crisis. In fact, if you happen to be white 
and you do a story on uh, crime and it's not, you know, positive towards the mayor, you're going to be painted a racist right off the bat. I think it is uncomfortable for people like Lori Lightfoot and others to approach this topic because of their culpability, but never covering it, never addressing it, and also supporting such progressive policies as no cash bail, reduced sentencing, uh, which you can just directly link to what we are seeing right now, he said. A coalition of news organization claims the decision to block access to scanners will hamper journalists' ability to cover events as they unfold and their ability to warn the public of threats. The city of Chicago echoed Lightfoot's assertions in a statement saying the move will enhance officer safety and the media and the public will have access to a delayed 30-minute public transmission according to officials. So, big fight brewing in the Windy City, to say the least there. That's exactly what they're looking at. Got more for you. Going to talk about Henry Cavill before we get to the end of the show today. About what's up for him. Uh, He evidently met with uh, Gunn. Uh, who is taking over, you know, the whole D.C. thing, kind of like what was it? Kevin Froge, is that his name? That's the head of uh, Marvel, uh, who's calling the shots of where the Marvel universe is going, what they're going to do the same thing kind of with D.C. And I guess his thing of having Henry uh, Cavill as Superman, that's not in that's not in the in the works right now they want a younger person to do it so uh, we'll talk about that so what where's what's where's carville going to do because he's already done with the witcher after the fourth season he's he's already recorded that part of uh, the witcher so after that he's done and uh, from what i understand one of the helmsworth brothers is going to take over that part i don't know if they can act it as well as henry did but that that's what the the future kind of looks and um, what we're hearing about Cavill is that he's going to get involved with this Warhammer 4000 series, and that's going to come to uh, uh, who is it, Amazon, who's going to be doing it. Well, we'll talk about all of that during this course of this hour. And I'll mention a couple of a uh, couple of shows that they're getting rid of on uh, Netflix that blow my mind. They're they're doing away with Warrior Nun after two seasons, and they're also getting rid of uh, the Bastard Son. They're getting rid of that uh, as well after one season. Makes no sense. They're blowing it up um, on uh, on Netflix, but Netflix is saying we don't want to go on with the series. I don't know what's going on with Netflix. I mean, they're getting rid of some of the good shows and leaving a bunch of crap on the on the air. Uh, it's going to come down pretty soon that they're going to be uh, people are going to just say enough is enough and uh, not uh, subscribe to it. Let's take the break. We'll be back for more. Uh, it's the Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about my friend Pat Davis. What he's doing with. Uh, with uh, health insurance, how he can save you money, thousands of dollars a year. I'm not talking a little bit of money. I'm talking thousands. You know, some cases, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars a year. Uh, your health plan man has a great team. 
They've got Pat. They've got his son. They've got Corey, his son-in-law, and then all the other people who work for the team who are just going to treat you better than the people that are dealing with you with health insurance right now. A private health plan that pays you to go to the doctor. A private health plan that takes care of you with what's important to you. A private health plan that uh, gets the middlemen out of the way so they can't rob you of the money that should be going into your bank account. So what should you do? Well, you can call or text the team at uh, your health plan man at 501-605-6935, and they can talk to you. They can tell you about how they've saved money for other people and how they can save this kind of money for you as well. So please, please give them a call. You know, I'm, I usually don't sit here and, and beg people to save money. When I tell them that they can save money, thousands of dollars, they're usually saying, well, where do I call? Well, here's where you call or here's where you text. Again, 501-605-6935 or go online, Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. Six nine twenty-five. Man, that's taking us back to six o'clock hour. Man, I'm glad we're in the nine o'clock hour. I'm down to thirty-five minutes to go. Uh, today in history, December sixteenth, seventeen seventy-three, was a day that uh, some Bostonians. What do they call it when you like act like an Indian or something? You're taking somebody's, you know system of beliefs or whatever what do they call that Aaron there's a there's a term they use for that it's, it's uh, something anyway you're you're like uh, you're becoming you're acting like an Indian but you're not an Indian okay well they did that in 1773 and the Boston Tea Party happened uh, the protests escalated the the American rebellion in the colonies It's a euphemistic name for a dangerous escalation of hostilities between colonists and crown. It happened on the Massachusetts coast on this day in history, December uh, the 16th, 1773. The die is cast. Massachusetts rebel leader and future U.S. President John Adams wrote to friend and fellow revolutionary James Warren the day after the protests. Think about what brought that on, all right, and what they did. The people have passed the river and cut away the bridge. Last night, three cargoes of tea were emptied into the harbor. This is the grandest event which has ever yet happened since the controversy with Britain opened. He added, this is uh, is wonderful. The, it, it charms me. The die is cast was a reference to classical antiquity, the phrase reportedly uttered by Julius Caesar in 49 B.C. when he led his army across the Rubicon and marched on Rome in defiance of the Senate. It uh, references a point of no return. 
Indeed, colonial anger with England erupted into rebellion, open warfare, and bloodshed 16 months after the Boston Tea Party at the battles of Lexington and Concord, just a few miles west of the frigid 1773 protest. The Boston Tea Party unfolded in the wake of the latest in a long list of punitive measures taken by Parliament in England uh, against the colonies and against uh, uh, the tinderbox of rebellion Boston in particular. A lot of people thought, this is where ground zero is. It's in Boston. Parliament authorized the tax, uh, the Tea Act, on 10 May 1773, reports the Massachusetts Historical Society. Tea sold in America would carry no duty for the East India Company. Instead, the tea would be taxed at the point of entry in colonial ports. Consignees or special agents were appointed in Boston, New York City, Philadelphia, and Charleston to receive and sell the tea. So think about this. I mean, I understand they had tea breaks going on in the colonies at the time. You know, they were still part of the monarchy and whatnot. Massachusetts colonists, with the memory of the 1770 Boston Massacre massacre still fresh in their minds, recoiled in anger at the measure. Their anger turned to action when two British ships, the Eleanor and the Beaver, docked at Griffin's Wharf in Boston, packed with tea, on December 15th. The Dartmouth, also laden with tea, had landed at the wharf at the end of November. The following day, as thousands of colonists convened at the wharf and its surrounding streets, a meeting was held at the Old South Meeting House where a large group of colonists voted to refuse to pay taxes on the tea or allow the tea to be unloaded, stored, sold, or used, writes History.com. And we'll come back, and I'll finish this up. After we take our uh, our break, which we got to get to, and then we after the news, and the news is coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and then I'll finish this up about the Boston Tea Party. All right, twenty five minutes till ten. Let me finish up uh, this day in history. Today was the Boston Tea Party. A much bigger event than a lot of people th- think it was. They think it's like about 20 or 30, you know, rum liquored up guys went down to the, you know, Boston River and threw some tea. Uh, it was a lot bigger than that. Now, there were three big British ships that had uh, tied up at the wharf. And uh, the following day, as thousands of columnists convened at the wharf and its surrounding streets, a meeting was held at the Old South Meeting House, where a large group of colonists voted to refuse to pay taxes on the tea or allow the tea to be unloaded, stored, sold, or used. And according to history, uh, history.com. That night, a large group of men... Many reportedly members of the Sons of Liberty, that would be the group led by John Adams' brother, Samuel Adams, disguised themselves in Native American garb, boarded the docked ships, uh, boarded, got on, 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 on the ships, and threw 342 chests of tea 
into water. And that doesn't sound like much. Well, let's look a little deeper into this. The protest, by the way, is recreated each year with a march from the Old South Meeting House in downtown Boston to the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum on wharves surrounded by modern high-rises today. I didn't know about this. I'm going to have to go to Boston some sometime during the, the future at this time and watch the recreation. The uh, protesters were ordered by our commander to open the hatches and take out all the chests of tea and throw them overboard, said protester George Hughes, and said uh, the act of rebellion was underway. We immediately proceeded to execute his orders, first cutting and splitting the chests with our tomahawks, so as thoroughly to expose them to the effects of the water. We were surrounded by British armed ships, but no attempt was made to resist us. It took us about uh, three hours with a hundred men to dump, are you ready for this, 45 tons of tea in the Boston Harbor. It wasn't just a few pounds of tea, folks. I mean, it's not like, you know, they, they went down to the grocery store and, and bought, you know, 20 boxes of uh, big boxes of Lipton tea, you know, and, and threw them in the water. The, uh, the, the cargo was worth about $1 million in today's dollars. Britain responded in March with its most punitive measures yet, the coercive acts. They closed the port of Boston and ruthlessly ended Massachusetts' long tradition of open town meetings. By the way, how many Minutemen were there at start? 81. 81. The match of revolution, though, had been lit. The people of Massachusetts stood their ground then in Lexington in April of 1775 and retook their rights from the British Empire by force. The British fled Boston March 17, 1776, ending the first phase of the revolution and victory for Massachusetts four months before the Declaration of Independence and the uh, continuation of hostilities in the other colonies. The Boston Tea Party not only led directly to the American Revolution, it also inspired a revolution in our national dietary habits. Americans today prefer coffee over tea by a wide margin. Contradicting global drinking trends especially those in Britain where they still drink tea in the morning, not coffee. Quote, coffee's popularity in the States can be traced back directly to the Revolutionary War, said Royal Cup Coffee and Tea of Alabama. Quoting from them, John Adams, our second president, even went as far as to declare tea a traitor's drink and uh, Americans everywhere united and vowed to only serve coffee in their homes. In their minds, tea equals British, and drinking it was seen as a betrayal to the colonies. The 
company adds, in all likelihood, we'd be a tea-drinking nation had John Adams not started a movement to ban the beverage. Uh, Adams called the protest an exertion of popular power. So maybe you learned something there. I did. I didn't know the whole thing about uh, John Adams calling it a uh, traitor's uh, tea. To call that was what tea was, and that you should drink coffee to support the revolution. Well, I can say in America, we drink coffee to support the uh, the revolution, and I support. I drink it a lot. You know, I I knock down about nine cup nine cups of coffee a day, easy. No, I don't touch that stuff. Oh, I love I'm it. Not a fan of coffee at all. I love it. You don't drink tea, do you? I'm gonna have to bring this up with my GM. My GM drinks tea in the morning. I look like he's drinking. Uh, I don't really drink anything it, in the morning. Uh, I just black gray Earl or whatever that stuff's called. Yeah, he's I, drinking Trader's drink. Yeah, I don't really drink anything in the morning. I just grab a bottle of water and. I'm good to go for the rest of the day. Oh, you like to drink things that have no taste. Pretty much. <laughs> That's the reason I don't like water. My problem is they tell me it doesn't have a taste, and I can I I think I can taste every chemical uh, that's uh, available uh, as far as uh, you know water goes. You can just taste all the garbage they put in it. Supposedly, that's good for you. But anyway, that's the. Uh, the, the the Boston Tea Party today, back in 1774. All right. I'll take a break, come back, and uh, let's catch up a little bit on culture. Uh, we'll, call, we'll catch up on Henry Cavell. We'll talk about him. And uh, I also want to talk about uh, this new movie that's opening this weekend. James Cameron is a genius on how he makes movies. I'm going to be honest about that. But he's as anti-American as any producer in Hollywood. We'll talk about it in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay. I promised you to talk about uh, Cavell. Well, he's reportedly landed in another new franchise, and he already loves it. Now, he was playing Superman. And what was the last? Justice League, I guess, was his last appearance as Superman. Although he showed up at the end of Black Adam. That was him in Black Adam. No spoilers. Uh, hey, yeah. Well, sorry. If you haven't seen Black Adam by now, it's your own fault. I mean, yeah. it's been at theater for a long time. So he showed up in that. And uh, he went in to talk to Gunn, and I forget who the other guy. I'll get to that part of the story in a second. Anyway, uh, then uh, after doing uh, Superman... He ended up back on the, the small screen at your home in Netflix's The Witcher franchise. And how many seasons has there been? Has it been two or three now? I believe it's only had three. They're working on season four right now. Yeah, and four has already almost been completed, and Henry is in it. Yes. All right. He's in it for that one. So he's playing Geralt. And he's now stars... And he's ready to star and produce an Amazon-led adaptation for Warhammer 40,000, according to reports. Amazon confirmed it finalized negotiations and acquired the rights from Games Workshop, that's G-A-W, to produce a series based on the popular science fiction tabletop and video game franchise. 
Warhammer 40,000 has captured the imagination of fans of all ages, from all walks of life and all over the world, according to Jennifer Salky, head of Amazon and W uh, MGM Studios, in a statement to Fox News Digital. We are excited to work with Henry, Vertical Entertainment and Games Workshop, across our Amazon Entertainment business on this brilliant immersive franchise for our global customers to experience for years to come. Cavell, a self-described nerd, he calls himself a nerd, who takes pride in building computers by hand, already enjoys the Warhammer franchise and has publicly shared that one of his hobbies includes purchasing Warhammer characters and pieces, then painting them by hand. I have loved Warhammer since I was a boy, making this moment truly special for me. The opportunity to shepherd this cinematic universe from its inception is quite the honor and the responsibility, he said. I couldn't be more grateful for all the hard work put in by Vertigo, Amazon Studios, and Games Workshop to make this happen. One step closer to making a nigh-on lifelong dream come true. I get, I've, I'm signed up to his Twitter account, and I love him and his bulldog and the stuff that he talks about all the time. In a previous interview, Cavill said he has been engaging with the franchise since he was about 10 years old. I've been involved in the Warhammer world for 40,000 years. No, well, longer, depending how you look at it, he joked during an interview uh, with MTV back in October. But since I was probably 10, so a long time. When Cavill joining, with Cavill joining as a star and executive producer, in other words, he's putting money up, he will get an opportunity to delve into the storytelling of the series. It's great news, and we're absolutely thrilled. We're working with a fantastic triumvirate in Henry, Vertical, and Amazon. Henry's well-known love of Warhammer 40,000 and his passion as a world builder and storyteller will serve us all well in the coming years. Finally, Warhammer will make it to the screen as the fans have hoped and as they deserved. Exciting times, said Andy Simile, creative director of GAW. He says, for those unfamiliar with Warhammer 40,000, the setting takes place on Earth far off in the future where humans unceasingly struggle in a war with fantastical beings, aliens, gods, and demons. Warhammer 40,000 is set in the far future where humanity stands at the edge of what might be its brightest future or its darkest age. The threats to humankind's empire are many. Traitors driven by the fires of ambition, alien empires sworn to reclaim the stars, and the corruption of reality by malevolent gods. The humans make up the Imperium of Man, who are militaristic, a race of skeleton-like androids are known as the Necron. There is an elfish race known as the Aldari, as well as orcs. Trionids are nasty aliens, and the Tau is a blue-skinned alien race that may offer some hope, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The uh, board game 
involves players first purchasing and painting their own pieces, often humanistic characters, deviant aliens, celestial persons, tanks and types of machinery, and more, and compelling each of the thousands of pieces onto an arena that spans several cubic feet. Players take turns through dice rolls, strategically moving their forces, utilizing each respective race's benefits and skills to slowly eliminate and ultimately defeat their opponent. Sounds like a cool game of risk to me. All right. Uh, the franchise also redist, uh, released several uh, uh, video games as well. So uh, it looks pretty cool. After Cavill's departure from The Witcher and Superman franchises, his supporters were left curious and perhaps even worried of how long it would be before they saw him again. Uh, While his decision to leave Netflix as The Witcher was previously announced, Season 3, which features Cavill, will air next year. Season 4 was also already announced as well as a prequel, but neither will feature him. There is a prequel coming here in December. And I saw where he's not in that. More recently, Warner Brothers and DC Studios, this is getting to James Gunn now, announced they were also moving uh, forward without the Justice League star. Why they're doing that, I don't get it, but they are. Co-presidents James Gunn and Peter Safran met with Cavell, who has donned the red cape since 2013's Man of Steel and shared their vision of a DC cinematic universe they say they're doing the same thing with DC they did with Marvel now. Uh, and said, hey, look, uh, we want to do it, but we're going to do it without you, or, you around, which really kind of blows blows my, uh, my mind as far as that's concerned. So we'll just have to see what DC's going to do. I mean, they just announced the other day that Wonder Woman 3 is not going to happen now. Well, and Wonder Woman 2... It was kind of a bust. It well, wasn't yeah, it wasn't good. It still made a ton of money it did, for them. It did, but you know, so they're not going to do that any, anymore. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next big movie that uh, uh, Wonder Woman uh, is going to be doing. You know, the, her next role, right? She's playing Cleopatra. They're making a big screen adaptation for Cleopatra. Now, the last time they did that with Elizabeth Taylor, it was a bomb. All right, it was huge. It was a huge disappointment, but we got to hope that uh, they do it this time. That it uh, it works it works out as far as that goes. And I don't know what what's up with uh, you know Netflix. Like I said, they've canceled Warrior Nun, uh, Bastard Son, and a lot of other shows. And I don't know where they're going. I don't even know if they know where uh, they're going. I don't. In fact, I don't think that they do know where they're going, and that can be bad. You know what happened to Netflix? Very simple. Uh, they used to be the only game in town, as you know. Not any longer. Warner is in on it. That's where HBO Max is at. That's going to change, by the way, from its name of HBO Max into Warner Max. I think is what they're getting ready to do. Then you got Discovery that's doing their thing. Uh, You've got Paramount that's doing their thing. Pretty soon, and it's something that I'm going to move to next year, I've got DirecTV. I'm getting rid of it. And I'll just pay a little bit of money to each of these uh, 
systems so I can watch the content that I want to watch. I'll probably have HBO Max, and uh, because they're going to they're going to continue on uh, with the uh, uh, you know the, what is it uh, Empire of the Dragons. They're going to keep on with that one. Uh, I saw where. Uh, uh, Amazon, who was uh, doing um, the uh, the big blow up for uh, uh, what was the takeoff that uh, Jackson did the, uh, uh, the the Ring series? Uh, they're going that that the new series that they started about uh, the pre the prequel is gone. They're they're not doing it anymore. I'll tell you what really irritated me about that, and because I've got uh, Amazon, every time I tried to download it, it wouldn't download correctly. It was all screwed up, and uh, that will convince me very quickly that I don't want to take part uh, in their materials. So anyway, there's going to be a lot of changes. I'm buying. My wife freaked out. She said, "How big of a TV, Dave? I've got a 65 inch right now. I'm getting an 85." Uh, for my go home, right? For my lover, my lover. No, I'm not gonna have a bigger house. I'm just gonna be have a bigger TV. Oh, yeah. I'm not got the wall move my couch, my couch back, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'll look good. But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm excited about uh, about all of this. Um, I am a big I'm a big uh, partaker of the wonderful world of television. My father was, I am, and uh, I like doing it. Guess what, man? We're out of time. This time next week, I won't be on the air. Well, I will be, but it'll be a best-of show, just so you know. I'll be with you next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then my Christmas break begins uh, on Friday, and I won't be back until January the 2nd at that point. I'll have some some special guests that are going to come in and fill in for me. We'll have special shows I'm doing. Jerry Stewart's got a show. We've got a lot of different things that we're going to do during that uh, segment. And then I'll come back, and then we're going to have some brand new things that are going to happen that we're going to announce to you and so that you'll know uh, what's on the way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I can tell you, we'll come on later, but we'll go a lot longer. All right. That's all I can tell you. They got me under. I mean, the the GM is outside with a gun right now. If I say too much, he's going to come in and shoot me. Uh, I'll be back with you Monday morning, though, at uh, 6 a.m. Power panel will be here. So will I. So will you, I hope. And I'll see you then here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.